0: This podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal.
1: Are we not the bestest of some friends already? Only in media. Okay.
0: Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast, it's fine, alright, everything's fine, there's nothing to worry about, everything's great, I'm great, Mark, how are you? Well I'm sensing a panic and
1: frustration in your voice, how are you you doing?
0: I, it's it's sort of like an old friend, you know, someone you maybe haven't seen in a little while coming back into town. It's like, oh, oh, hello. Hello, power play that can't score a goal. Hello, more than one game losing streaks, Hello, being able to lose close games to good teams and bad teams alike. You know, it's, it's just kind of a we're, we're,
1: we're back in a in an era of the stars that I thought I thought was past us. Well, and the interesting thing is that this is exactly what Boston fans saying, were saying two weeks ago, right before they played the Stars. And now they've righted the ship and all is good again. So is this a different kind of panic than we're used to, or is this just hockey? I, I think for me, and, and jokes aside,
0: I don't think that it's a different kind of panic. I would say that it's a persistent kind of panic, in that, sadly— some of the secondary scoring has become an issue. The power play has dried up. The team is still staying in games, right, but they're they're fine and these are these are problems that have been with the Stars in previous iterations, previous seasons, right? I mean, how many how many times did we lament the the Dallas Stars power play under under Rick Bonus, right? So I think that your Boston example is very well taken. It's a it's a very long season, 82 games. Teams stumble, stagger. Good ones get themselves upright again. You know, this is still a team that is, despite you know the week that was, they're still they fall into second. Oh no, in the Western Conference, but you know, points percentage six through two. this isn't a wheels are coming off scenario. But I think for fans, what's really resonating is we've we've seen this team go through stretches in the past where they, you know, kind of shrug and try and celebrate moral victory losses like the, you know, the losses to Boston and Tampa Bay, which, Hey, you know what? They got a point out of those two games. They were less than a minute away from getting, you know, something more out of, out of Tampa Bay. So it's not entirely inappropriate to, um, you know, it's not entirely inappropriate to agree and say, Hey, those were, you know, those are great teams. Those were tough losses. It happens. But then you counterbalance those with like they they struggled again against Anaheim. They lost to Minnesota um, and they lost to Columbus. Right. And, and so it's one of those situations where we've seen this team have these problems before. And so our panic when we see these kind of symptoms manifest is it's not just like a one off stretch. It's like, oh, no, is this a is this a full on reversion we're looking at?
1: Right, and and I guess I have two things to say. I mean, one, I I saw the same going around. Two things, we got a podcast to record, my friends. Oh, I I I can go on for half hour on one thing, you know that. But here, I saw on the on on Twitter this morning, the Stars' record in the last nine games is two, two, and five. They've gotten nine points in the last nine games, which five hundred. It's not great. It's not going to get you in the playoffs, but it's not a disaster. But if you just take overtime and you swap this major losing ability that we have, and turn that into a winning ability, that number turns into six, two, and one, and then you have thirteen points out of the last nine, and that's solid, you know, top of the top of the conference uh, point percentage. So, some of this may just be driven by the fact that we suck at overtime, <laughs> and we're getting there a lot. And <laughs> that kind of takes me to the second point, which is that you know, we're kind of back that there was this time early on in the season where the puck was going in the net and we were not turtling in the third mm. and boy, it was felt those were the days. It, it was kind of fun. And this team has kind of reverted at least on the scoreboard to being ours team that we're comfortable with, which is it's tight going into the third. there's there's always the worry that they're gonna turtle. And they're gonna make it to overtime and then then the overtime problems just get exacerbated. Yeah. It's you see you spend
0: most of a game seeding momentum and it, it's a it's a tough thing to actually talk talk about, you know, stats wise, but there is something to be said for you play for the point. So you tell everybody slow it down, muck it up you know, protect the goal, do the, do the little things. Right. And then all of a sudden you get into three on three and you're like, okay, so I know that we just spent the last 20 minutes playing low event hockey and trying to keep this thing close, you know, keep the, keep the shackles on it.
1: Well, now let's just do something entirely different. Well, yeah, but, but I mean, I, I have my own theory on that, which is we make it to three on three. We suck at three on three. So let's just get through three on three, get to the shootout. And you have Sagan, you have Pavelski, you have Robo, these guys are going to score goals. You're going to win more in the shootout than you're going to lose. So let's yeah. just get to the shootout
0: and be done with it. I don't I don't disagree with that. We talked I think last podcast my own pet theory about the way that the Dallas the way that Dallas's elite players play lends itself more to 5 on 5 kind of traditional hockey and they are their 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 skill is underrepresented in three on three overtime because of the emphasis on skating and transition at the individual level as opposed to the team level which dallas seems to do most of its damage when it's you know kind of coherent parts functioning as a whole versus some guy gets the puck takes somebody why you know what i mean like you, you generate chances more individually and in overtime in my experience uh, i don't know if system has something to do with it but it seems like that plays into what you're saying well we're not you know the, the team is not catering to the team is not built to do that well anyways so they might as well
1: play for the shootout. Well and and here this may just be something that we're gonna realize and say, you know what? That was a lot of John Klingberg. And Klingberg was a three on three, you know, superstar. Yeah. And we don't have him anymore. And so that's that's a huge core to what we were successful with last year. And it's something that we haven't replaced yet this year. And and fine, I don't know that we need to replace it. We do need to find win ways to win games in regulation, apparently, because overtime is going to get us one point.
0: Yeah, um. I think that's that's a really good way to put it. I think he his role because of and I say this as a as a huge Klingberg fan, right? Because of some of the warts that have developed in his game lately, it obscures that that he is he is a player that does certain things fantastically well. And the, the, you know, we, we we forget that sometimes looking at what has happened in Anaheim and kind of what he has become in situations where the things that he struggles with are, are more kind of emphasized than the things that he
1: excels at. Right. And to tell you the truth, I've seen Anaheim play in overtime and John Klingberg's a stud at Anaheim in three on three, too. So yeah. There's just a lot to it. I mean, the, the thing that concerns me now is apparently we, we're, we're trying enough so that we have Luke Glenn Denning uh, taking the opening face off in. Overtime, and that seems to be a way to get him injured so uh, yeah. yeah what's three, that three, loss going to do to the team do you think well i i think it's kind of interesting because this team has been so locked into what what its rotation is and and trying to find that last part within the core group because that's all you had to play with and boxa on the fourth line with with the two Freddies. If you if you go take a look at natural stat trick, that was the best forward group on the ice against Columbus. I mean, they had great chances. Now, un- unfortunately, a lot of those chances ended up being being Radek Fox and we didn't bury them, but they were not bad.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you saw as well the the sacred cow. The first line finally got broken up a little bit against Columbus um yeah and uh, sorry I didn't, did not mean to transition so abruptly. So
1: No I mean we're talking the fourth line so I transition all
0: you want. <laughs> but it is it is interesting though that it's the classic kind of lamentation of the fourth line playing well and it's you you're generating good chances and you love to see it but at the end of the day they're generating good chances for Erratic Foxa and not you know not to slight the man but you know that's a, a what is it a, a seven goal scorer through 57 games this season. So it's one of those situations where there's only, there's, there's only so much that you can generate from, from players with different roles, let's say diplomatically.
1: Yeah, you know, exactly. That's you know, they, they perform their function and if they perform their function well, then they, they break even, they cause a little chaos and uh, they force the other team to concentrate more on, you know, getting out of their zone than they need to, which sets up your other lines which are going to be the ones that score yeah and, and and here you know the, the the problem that we're having right now is not related to the fourth line it's related to the fact that we can only score two goals a game and and you really have to put that on Prince Pavelski Robo in
0: fact uh, yeah. I came prepared with a quick quiz let's do it all right how many goals does Joe Pavelski have in 2023
1: and be a big number? Um, I'm, I, I, am tempted to say zero, but I'm going to say two, two is the correct answer. I was going to give wow. you Darian Hatcher. As a hint. Yeah, he
0: scored and they both came against Calgary. He had two, he had two goals and an assist against the flames. And before that, you have to go, he had another three point, he had a goal against San Jose on December 31st. It's really been, pr- I mean, even if we extend this to December since December, Pavelski has had 4 goals. And there are still assists, right? And he's had chances and there's there's a lot of eye test stuff saying that this isn't like he's just, you know, decided to stop showing up for games or his skates are on the wrong feet or something. You know, it's not it's not that, but it is significant that the three-headed monster that was the the robertson Hintz Pavelski line has really turned into the robertson Hintz line. And you know, Ropes is doing a little bit better. He's got um you know, he, he spent some time hurt, right? But he's got one, two, three, four. He's got four goals um, since the year turned. And that's really, you know, he missed that chunk of games in the middle of January. So he's, you know, performance-wise holding much more closely to Jason Robertson, who's who's not obviously scoring at his, I'm going to co-lead the league with Connor McDavid pace, but is, you know, still, the goals are still there as far as Robertson is concerned. Um, it's really, you know, Pavelski's the guy that sort of lost the ability to put it in the back of the net, which maybe
1: has something to do with the power play struggling just throwing it out there yeah i mean the the power play i think is slightly different in that i think they've gotten a little more mechanical than they were earlier on in the year Mm. and and i mean when when this power play first got together they were just whizzing that puck all over the place and the defense couldn't catch up to them and and now it seems that either through defense's uh, cutting down some of those interior pass lanes or something it's it's much more exterior and we, we've we started to rely a lot more on on outside shots and just tips and yeah. before we were we were zinging it from side to side and we'd get some some quick looks and the puck would be on the tape and and the puck would be in the net before the goaltender had a chance to react and that's I've, just not happening
0: anymore. and and one of the things that i have noticed watching them is it's not so much and, and this is this is total like check the tape idiot stuff. I I I don't have the the time or the video library to really back it up. But my impression, especially watching the last week's games, it's not so much that those cross ice angles are gone entirely, but I have I have many memories of of the past getting through, but it's it's bobbled, right? And there's instead to your point about being much more robotic and not as fluid, the puck the puck will get through. But instead of getting through for a quick shot, you know, something right on net, they're taking that extra moment to figure out, well, do I shoot? Do I do? Do I pass? Do I have the puck steady? Like and by that point, right in this league, the window is closed. And so it seems like it's that execution piece where the stuff, the stuff that was helping them to this point, in my opinion, the the shooting lanes, the, the pressure on the far side like that, those those opportunities remain. They can still get them. They're just not executing them quickly enough
1: right and and you know I, I i haven't looked at it enough to say you know is is that puck just something you know it's it's in the skates or it's uh it's behind a little bit so you can't just get it and release it but yeah there there's a connection problem there and and even you take a look at columbus the, the whole team seemed disconnected and there's there's a good reason you can say you know it was, it was the second day of a back-to-back with travel so the schedule you know, loss right yeah it was a schedule loss but it was a scheduled loss against a beatable team. But it, it, every, playing without every, Johnny Gaudreau as well. So it's, right. it's you know, it's
0: it's one of those situations where yes, it was a tough one, but it wasn't let's not let's not pretend that that Boston and Tampa Bay were back to backs or even Columbus was firing at full cylinders. I think your point about this is the sort of game they should have won and they to your point about goal scoring yeah 4-1 is a kind of inflated scoreline because of you know pulled goalies and, and the way that they you know move towards the end but they shouldn't have been stuck in a you know low scoring slog with with uh, sorry with um Columbus for as long as they were
1: yeah and and it seemed to me just that you know that there was a lot of hope in that game and not a whole not a whole lot of just process move it up the ice stay connected Mm-hmm. It was it was you know toss the puck out of the zone, go retrieve it. There there was there was a lot more I hate to say it dump and chase than yeah. I you know, we we bec- we become a little more spoiled here to say, "Hey, we can transi- transition the puck out of the zone and we can passes and we'll score off the rush." And if if you're just tossing the puck like that, you're not you're not going to score that way and that's the way this team scores.
0: It's. It seems like they're stuck in the classic sports problem of things are not going as well as they would like. There are some indicators when you look at, you know, shot totals and, and XG, and there are some things that suggest that it's not a situation where something has fundamentally broken, right? So you don't want to change, you don't want to change too much, right? Because there really is an element of, you know, work through it luck will come back. You know, there really is an element of that to what's going on at the same time. You also don't want to not change and just, you know, you you don't just want to be waiting for the puck to finally go in and get everything unstuck because that's not really how it works either. And it seems like they're trying to find the right blend. And it's the first time, in my opinion, this season, it's the first time this season that this team has had to make that kind of adjustment. And it seems like right now they're stuck trying to decide how much of this do we fix with patience and how much of this do we fix with change?
1: Right. I mean, my, my view on this is always, you know, when, when things start going South and you don't really know why you, you remember the movie tin cup where, where, where uh, <laughs> Roy McAvoy was on the driving range and he's, and he's, he's just hitting, hitting hazel rockets over to the right. And, and he asked, hi, you know, how do I fix this? And his caddy, uh, well, here, you, you move some coins from your left pocket to your right pocket. You, you do all this, this totally extraneous stuff, and it gets your mind off of just being mechanical. And that, yeah. that, a lot of the motion, I think, is just straight that. You you, you, you force people to pay attention to things like maybe, uh, hey, I'm not scoring. I need to score. So I grab the stick a little tighter, and I, I make that a point of emphasis. Yeah, just let it happen. Yeah, and, and, and hopefully two weeks from now, is, you know, all of a sudden you get a, you get a butt goal and, and things stop start going your way. You hit a bar and it goes in as opposed to out, and then you're back to normal. Two weeks from now, we'll have a conversation, um, and hopefully we're there. And if we aren't, then we need to dig in a lot deeper.
0: A message from the attorneys at Greening Law PC, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. If you have been hurt in a car accident, experienced malpractice from a physician, hospital, or were injured on the premises of a business, then call the lawyers at Greening Law. They have represented clients from car accidents to birth injuries to sexual assault cases involving clergy or hospitals. The staff at Greening Law, better known as the Green Team, fights your legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. You know, we talk a lot on this podcast about our fierce Dallas stars. The Green Team is your fierce legal competitor against insurance companies. So what are you waiting for? Consultations are free free. They only get paid if you get compensated. So give them a call at 972-934-8900. Again, that number is 972-934-8900. Call now. Principal office is located in Dallas, Texas. Yeah, and this is where I think the importance of coaching comes in because at the at the player level, I agree. And this really is one of those you focus on a couple of little things, try and get yourself going. You, you, at the player level, the mantra has to be I'm doing fine. You know, keep work through it. I've scored before. I'll score again. You know, that's it's going to be OK. This is where the system stuff comes into play is something I, I don't think at this point. And Saad had a great article on The Athletic a couple of weeks ago about how, OK, it's it was kind of a novelty Earlier in the year, you know, right around New Year's, it was kind of a novelty Yeah, the power plays having a little hiccup. It happens. No, whatever. The team has officially progressed, you know, and I don't think it's, you know, we talked at the top of the podcast. I don't think it's time to hit the big panic button. But I think we have officially progressed to the point where you can't just hand wave the power play and say, eh, it's a little bit cold. They'll pick it up like some something. Something has changed. Either the way that unit is approaching things, the way that unit is being approached, I think that is the area where we really need the coaching staff to come in and do something because it does appear that something is broken.
1: And the other thing I will say, I, I think there are some areas on this team right now where they aren't trusting each other to do their job, and there there's a bit of overtry there. And I, i'm I'm trying to think back which goal it was, but there was one where where it was coming down. Uh, I think it might have been the Minnesota game, and and it looked like there was speed coming at Ryan Suter, and so Yanni Hockenpod cheats toward the, toward the center because he thinks he's gonna have to he's gonna have to deal with somebody you know turning the corner on Suter, and because he and this which is just which in one, fairness
0: that is something at this point in the season that they're probably starting to anticipate.
1: Right? No, no, understood, understood, but it's still you have to do your job first and and, and here with hockey it was literally just one little skate move but that one little skate move put him out of position on his guy who was coming down the other wing and all of a sudden you have a pass over and it's a one-on-one on the goaltender and the puck's in the net and and it's that kind of thing where if you if you get away so far from your game where you're trying to make up for somebody else then it's going to cause further breakdowns and and ultimately you have to trust people to do their job and if they aren't doing their job then that's on the coaching staff to find somebody who can do that job but you can't try and just fix it temporarily on the ice because that's going to just cause the whole system to break down yeah and you
0: can't you can't leave it to the individuals as well right because then you have all of a sudden everybody takes one small step out of the structure and change kind of snowballs and all of a sudden it's not just one small thing it's everything has changed and broken
1: right exactly it's to say it's like okay the four checks not working well we need to get more aggressive on the four check so all of a sudden you have three forwards who are below the goal line and then the puck pops out and then you have odd man rushes going the other way it's all you know if it doesn't if if the way it's supposed to work doesn't work then let's let's deal with that and and we're at a point right now where we have a little time to uh have some practice and I think that might be good for this team because there are some things that they can work on in practice that they wouldn't do if they're just back to back to back games
0: yeah I mean this yeah there's there's the stretch the back-to-back they don't play again we're recording Monday morning they don't play again until Wednesday then it's Wednesday Saturday Monday to, to end the month of, of February. So there is now we're starting to see some, some more open stretches on the calendar, which is a good thing for a team that has some, you know, maybe some, some tendencies have slipped and it's time to get back to work. Right. And,
1: and, and that may be just part of the problem right here is that has not been much practice time. We yeah. have to schedule over the last several weeks, even, even though it has been home, it's been every other game and it's been really, really difficult games. So the practice time has probably slipped, and we've gotten into some bad habits. And so, bad habits can be fixed. And so, no reason no reason to be panicked. Uh, maybe a little reason to be frustrated, but frustration is kind of things that Stars fans are used to. We can deal. Yeah, I think it's there
0: is every reason to be frustrated. And I would say there's there's a little bit of a reason to be worried because you know you do have although they've you know Colorado is is coming on strong winnipeg is in the conversation right they, there's some distance now minnesota's on the periphery they might they might force the way back into it beating dallas in regulation certainly helped um or sorry in the shootout certainly helped dallas by keeping that gap a little bit but it's it's in the central it's kind of turning into you're starting to see dallas winnipeg colorado separate themselves um or rather starting to see dallas remain separated Winnipeg and Colorado catching up and so it's it's the the no there's no panic because it seems very unlikely that they're going to tailspin to the point where the playoffs are any kind of serious question but like it's time to start looking at first round matchups and and is this a team you know you you don't want you don't want a bad power play that you didn't fix to be the reason that you fall out of the top slot and have to start playing road games on the playoffs or, or get that four or five matchup or you know
1: a tougher path. Yeah. And I mean, more short term, what it what it causes you to do is to make some more serious considerations about what you're going to do with the trade deadline. Yeah. And and here, I don't think we have time enough today to start diving oh, that, into that. That's going to be maybe that'll, for, that'll be this
0: week. Yeah, we'll do right. we'll record that one later this week.
1: Yeah. And so so that that's something that that maybe we tee up here for uh, for the podcast later this week. But, you know, I, I was full on stick with what you have. Um up until a week or so ago and now maybe the holes are starting to look a little bigger and so let's let's see but yeah a lot a lot of work to be done there uh there's there's already been a lot of uh how shall we say uh speculation on on some things that frankly i find rather bizarre but uh but yeah it's worth talking about
0: has just just, and I know we're, we'll wrap up here in just a minute. But as a teaser to the trade deadline conversation, we've talked at length about do you do you fix the defense or do you fix the offense, knowing that you probably can't do both. Has the last week of games changed your thinking on where Dallas should prioritize their their
1: resources? Not really. I, I think that both the weaknesses stick around. Yep. Um, I, I, I'm probably lean toward uh, fixing the forward group as opposed to the defense just because i think it's easier to do but yeah that's uh that, that's part of the discussion it's it's got to be right and and
0: you know plus side is jamie ben still scoring wyatt johnson johnston sorry still still contributing offensively we got a, a delandria goal so good stuff is happening it just feels like it's one of those situations where early in the season, a couple of good things were happening each game and the team was winning. And now we're down to it's they're rotating like one good thing. We'll we'll get, they'll get a good goaltending performance or they'll get goals from depth players, but not the first, you know, it's, it's nothing is coming together. I think as it was earlier.
1: Yeah. And to tell you the truth, I think, I think one of the things that happens pretty quickly here is that we get a dominating performance by the top line. And, and that sets the world a little straight um maybe one of the reasons that we're in the funk that we're in right now is that that top line hasn't been as dominating as they were early on in the season and and we became so accustomed to it and it happened so naturally that you don't realize how important it was when it's gone and it's not like they aren't contributing but they aren't just absolutely dominating people like they were before
0: yeah i think that's a great point and and it's it's a it, it is a good challenge for that group and that's that's what that's what top lines do right that's what elite lines have to figure out you know and, and then all the the usual suspects would be great to see a little bit more out of out of sagan the Mason Marchman goal watch continues um sadly so it's it's there's some other stuff that needs to happen but yeah this a lot of what's going on looks a lot more manageable it, it honestly just using last game as an example without without what two waved off goals all of a sudden, we've got a you know three goal night from the top line and probably a pretty, pretty comfortable victory for the stars. So they just need to get back to there.
1: Okay, I I think before we wrap up here, you you gave me a, a trivia question. I'm going to give you one back. Oh, um,
0: let's do this. We,
1: we 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 started we started talking about the fourth line and the Freddies. Um, how did uh, how did the stars acquire Frederick Karlstrom?
0: It was um, he wasn't a free agent, was he? No. No, it was the trade. Just I, I'm, I have, I have no idea. But just because he was in the building the other night, was it related to Trevor Daly at all? No, but it does go back pretty close to that
1: far. Oh, okay.
0: Was it? Was he in the Patrick Sharp deal?
1: Uh, no. It's a, but it, a little, little earlier than that. In fact, here, I, you're, you're not going to get this. <laughs> no, um, I'm not. <laughs> it, it goes, it goes back to a third round draft pick. For the year 2016 that was part of the Jason Demers Brendan Dillon trade. Oh wow! Okay, wow! <laughs> that that takes me back. Yeah. So anyway, you, you never know what those throwaway picks in uh, in in those trades turn out to be. You
0: know, as as in life, never throw anything away. Hoard, 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 hoard.
1: Yep. Uh, if, and your stars, it's got to be. Oh, you know, this was a third round draft pick. Load up on fifth round draft. That's right.
0: That's apparently where the money is. Yep. <laughs> well, it's a good, good talk. Uh, you know, hopefully Chicago will be something of a palate cleanser midweek because Vegas on Saturday is shaping up the way they're playing lately. I think Vegas is on a five game heater right now. So Vegas could be a real fun one. Um, nice little intra- uh, cross divisional showdown. So hopefully they take care of business against the Hawks. Then they get Vegas. Vancouver should be an interesting stretch of hockey. And again, we'll talk midweek about the trade deadline. So be on the lookout, probably Friday drive time. Uh, I, I would imagine we'll have some, some news to share there. And Mark, as always, thank you for your insight. KT for doing all of the hard work in the background and download, like, subscribe, do all of the stuff. This podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in
1: Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal.